Hey guys, quick heads up. This episode, we talk very specifically about sex, genitals, our own genitals, <laughs> our own sexual relationship. Uh, so it's not an episode for everybody. It's going to be heating up. So buckle up or get out of the driver's seat. You know what I mean? This is your chance to change the channels. Okay, mom? <laughs> Love you. <laughs> who cares about Ross and Patrick? I don't care. Yeah, like who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames. So like who cares? Who cares? We care. Gross. <laughs> Today on the show, we're getting into some personal things that may or may not feel challenging for us to talk about. And I guess we want to give some sort of warning, although warning feels a bit intense, that if you're a friend or family member that doesn't want to know more about Patrick and I, maybe you just tune out this episode. No big deal. No hard feelings. Yeah, not every episode is for every person. Exactly. So aunts, uncles, siblings, you're welcome to listen. You're but, welcome to. Uh, don't judge me. And uh, <laughs> I don't ever want to talk about any of this stuff with you in person. <laughs> Does that work? Yeah, that's a pretty good, like, boundary. Like, just because I'm talking about this on here isn't necessary. I, I welcome anyone and everyone to speak with me if they identify but if it's like you want to judge or you were like freaked out talk about it with somebody else. Yeah. Or just a heads up. It could, you know, make you uncomfortable to hear any of this stuff. So get uh, ready to. And I love maybe, making people uncomfortable, but Patrick does not. Maybe skip over to the John Tesh podcast. OK, mom. <laughs> mom, Betty Ann, <laughs> please leave the show right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. All right. Here we are, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares? It's me, my wife, Ross, and my doctor. Doctor? Is that how you pronounce daughter Do dog? Doctor. Doctor. Peggy, she's on your lap. You got a lap dog. I got a lap dog. She's still sorting it, but she's not fidgeting too much. Yeah. I just want every moment I can with her before she, I go to work. She's a cuddle bug. Yeah, you have to work <laughs> nights shift tonight, right? For yeah. fashion week. What is yeah. it? Resort season? It's resort 2020. That's uh, the catalog uh, <laughs> issues with like swimsuits, I assume. Well, first of all, Nobody's making catalogs anymore. And second of all, um, Peggy wants to eat this cord, but I will not let her get off of my lap. Uh, Resort 2020 is, I don't know, some made up thing that the fashion industry created to get people to buy more clothes mm -hmm. and capitalism. And so when this comes around, you're working doubles a lot of the time. Yeah. She's working nine to five. She's working eight to two in the morning. Yeah. Around the clock. Yeah. Now you're, you're a mother with a doctor. You've got mouths to feed. Yeah. Uh, so you're leaving here to go do a night shift after uh, after we wrap up here. So uh, good luck with that, my love. Oh, thanks so much. What are you doing tonight? Oh, tonight I'm hosting at the Village Lantern. It's too late for you listeners. You can't see it because it already happened. Uh, so I'm going to go to a meeting and then a comedy show. Cool. Yeah. 
get some writing done. Pretty cool. Before the meeting, we're coming to you not live from about 4 p.m. on a Thursday. That's how we roll this freelance life, you know? Yeah, we're we're mixing it up a little bit these days where we're not recording on Sundays as much because, well, we're busy, but also we would like to try and make more time for each other on the holy day. Family time. Family day. Now that we have a doctor, like yeah. family day. We go to church. We in- integrate into the community. I do feel more integrated into the community than I literally ever have. Yeah, I'm like, like walking the dog and I'm stuff. I'm like seeing the same people. I'm doing the same laps. Yeah. Like, you just came in from a walk where you were propositioned by one of the uh, <sighs> homeless men at Maria Hernandez yeah, Park. Yeah, they're getting to know me real well, which... I don't think is great. <laughs> I should take the other entrance, maybe mix yeah. it up a little bit. But Peggy knows where to pee at that entrance. Yeah. So anyway, this episode is not about Peggy. We yeah. did that already. I mean, I could talk about all the minutia of these things to avoid talking about these health issues we're going to talk about. Are you that? I'm just kidding. I'm just okay. kidding. So the joke I'm making is that <laughs> I would rather talk about nothing than talk about real things. So... Uh, but we did want to open up more to our listeners on this episode. We want to bring you guys into our lives. Uh, and we want to just talk very candidly about health issues that we've uh, experienced throughout our lives, through our sexual lives. Oh. And uh, just put it out there. Um, so yeah. I don't know how you want to start. Like, do you want to share how you've spent some of your day? Yeah, that I, I think just like present day, um, which is what made me, which inspired me to come home and be like, I think we should talk about this, hon. And what we're talking about, what we're dancing around is STIs. STIs, everybody. Formerly STIs. <laughs> Formerly known. They're down between my butthole there. Down are. between my thighs, hon. That was like an obvious. Oh, yeah. Rhyme. I got STIs. They're down between my thighs. <laughs> you know Dolly Parton. Beautiful. That is a Dolly Parton um, song, right? We, nine to five, yes. Uh, Sexually transmitted infections. infections. They as don't opposed, say diseases anymore. Yeah, that is so outdated. We don't do STDs anymore. We do STIs. We don't it's, do VD, venereal disease. No. That's like so 1800s. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Sexually transmitted infections. Yes. Okay. And it's a whole team of them. <laughs> uh, there's a cast of characters. <gasps> Um, so today, um, and like warning, 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 you've been warned. If you're here so far, you've been warned. I'm going to talk about genitalia. I'm going to talk about sex. I'm going to talk about specifically your genitalia. Correct. So, so you've been warned. Get out now. If you can't handle it. I know we need a sound effect for it. I was listening to, um, Alaska and Willem's podcast, Race Chaser, mm-hmm. and they have got a great sound effects board where yeah, they're just pushing. We, Tristan and I went through that phase, and uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, anyway, Peggy's getting me back on track by licking her own genitals and yeah, reminding me, go what, are we, what, are we, what are we talking about today, okay? Um, so I came home after going to the doctor today because mm-hmm. uh, I thought that maybe there was something going on. On my lady bits. Some trouble afoot. There's some trouble afoot, trouble a vag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very attuned to when things are amiss down there because I'm a woman of 36 years of age who has been previously diagnosed with herpes and HPV. Yeah. Ring the alarm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
I'll, I'll jump in out of solidarity. I have the same ones. We got them both. We've baby. got the herps. We've got the HPV. Um, we both came into the relationship uh, with HPV, but I was nice enough to pass off the herp yeah. to you. Well, we can go into the history. We yeah, will. that was nice of you. Although, it, although, although, no one can ever uh, yeah, trace yeah. whether or not exactly. Uh, but we assume that based on how you reacted after we had had sex physically yada yada we'll get into the nitty-gritty but let me yeah what what happened to present day um also another preliminary <laughs> warning this episode is really about us just sharing our experience strength and hope as we like to do mm-hmm. and we are not uh we're not doctors we are not doctors we are not medical professionals we- if you're here for like a prescription wrong place <laughs> Yeah, you're you gonna, booked the wrong appointment. You've called the wrong number in office. And there's um, there's a wealth of information out there, uh, but you should talk to your own doctor in person about this stuff. If, yes. If you have any any issues. Yes, absolutely. Get get the treatment and seek the advice, the professional advice that you need. Uh, but we are here today just to talk about what we've gone through, and uh, I'm very invested. Pardon in destigmatizing these things. Yeah. Um cuz that feels very Not powerful. only do I want to destigmatize them, I want to make it pretty fucking cool. <laughs> you know? You know how like back in high school it was like, no, I smoke Marlboro Reds. Like that's the cigarette I smoke cuz I'll look cool if I smoke them. I want people to leave this episode feeling like, you know what it would be pretty cool if I got a leather jacket and a brand new rash. <laughs> That's what we're going for. Destigmatization and cool points. That's a good bit. I like a new leather jacket and a rash. That's good. Mm, thanks. <laughs> I like it. Um, so, yeah, today I felt like something was amiss. A badge. A couple days ago. Like, basically, I felt some sort of bump in my vaginal area. I'll just be coy. Okay. So you're not going to share every detail. Are you joking? Because that feels like I was sharing a very intense detail. Well, I thought it wasn't really there. I thought it was like in a like in the remote area. It was like I thought we were ne- talking taint ne- near the labia. Let's I say we're that talking taint. It was in a fold, but not taint. I taint ish, you know, taint, taint a jar. Yeah. And if you don't know what the taint is, it taint the asshole and it taint your balls. Uh, or if you're a, taint the hole. a male identifying person. A person with a penis. A person with a penis. Yeah, not male identifying, pardon. Um, that, by the way, explanation of what a taint is, to me, came from Dale at the auto uh, repair shop that I worked at for four weeks in college. A man named Dale what told me that while we were doing oil changes. What a life hey you know what i call the taint i mean he wasn't wrong i no, guess he was, but hey we were we were working on the undercarriage of a car talking about the undercarriages of humans the taints of cars yes. and the taints of humans yes yeah car taint car taint uh so anyways in my car taint i noticed <laughs> a bump of some kind that that you needed to get welded off that i was like <laughs> Um, You're like, I'm, put I'm like, me up on the lift. If anybody, <laughs> oh 
I'm like, I feel like we're terrifying people. I will say, I'm, I don't care. I I really hope we lost whoever would be terrified. Yeah, yeah, by yeah, this yeah. No, but I, I guess what I'm saying, people that would be interested in in relating more like I don't want to scare anybody off from like if they've even if they have these things but they haven't had any sort of procedures or whatever you yeah know? Like, like it's we, cool it's we cool. are lucky in that we are um we're vets of this business yeah. you know? <laughs> yes exactly so that's why there's a a certain you know joie de vivre <laughs> about a, the whole thing a casualness <laughs> um so yeah I did a lot of my freaking out about STIs in uh, my all of my 20s, pretty much. Uh, and it's really only been in the past couple of years that I've really just been like, ugh, who fucking cares? You know? Who cares? Like, yeah. quite literally, who the fuck cares? Um, yeah, who cares about STIs? This is really... I mean, care about it in the sense that you should be safe and not a fucking idiot, but also know that, like, if you are a sexually active person, there is risk involved. And things like gonorrhea chlamydia herpes hpv these things happen welcome to the stage gonorrhea chlamydia they're temporary they, they're only on stage for a little bit well and like it really people are so terrified of it because we're terrified of sex and really they are the common cold of sexual intercourse sexuality it sucks you sometimes you get it and like you know, it's like the same, you go to work and people like hear you sneezing or coughing and they're like, are you sick? Yeah. It's that, but with like an extra layer of like sexual shame that like all people suffer from. Yeah. Right. Um, but I feel like I have been liberated from that in a lot of ways. And uh, so I was like, mm, I think I feel something. I've got great health insurance now. Let me go to the doctor. Made an appointment last night for this afternoon. Went in, saw my GP, general practitioner. And she confirmed it was indeed a wart, a genital wart, which like. They need to change that that's word. That's what I was going to say. The branding is. Is polyp? Could they say polyp? Ew, polyp is not a good chain. Polyp. Polyp. But yeah, like genital wart, like that's not good branding for HBV. Well, that's for it, sure. It should. I mean, I think it does need to sound somewhat dangerous. Like it, we do want to live in a world where people do take every precaution yes. possible. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. with that one, there's a, a, a vaccine you can get in your early to mid teens, which uh, doesn't necessarily work. It against works the on hundreds of strains. Of yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the reason that one is one to be really careful about is the, is the, uh, potential for cancerous cells that could develop inside a woman's yes. cervix or oftentimes a male's throat or a female's throat, of course, but it it's more common for men because more men are performing cunnilingus on women. Interesting. Well, so that's your take on it because for me, it's like the cervical cancer thing is the big ominous, yeah. scary thing. Well, so I think he... It's just a rumor, but Michael Douglas's throat cancer <laughs> was rumored to be from that and I think he did a PSA of some kind about it but then he retracted it or something oh, don't quote Jesus. me on any of this All but, right. but the point is that uh, for men it, it, that's that's a risk but the bottom line is like just go to your doctor regularly like a, an adult human mm -hmm. and get tested and like take care of yourself like it yeah. doesn't mean don't have sex be terrified of sex don't trust anybody it's just like know the ways to protect yourself and go to the fucking doctor be aware of the risks yeah so anyway um, so they've got you up on the car lift stirrups 
feet are in the stirrups. The light, there's there's a spotlight from below. And I have to say, I am also very comfortable with my body, like being naked, especially around other women. Like I'm just like, we've all got the parts. Don't worry yeah. about it. My general practitioner is a woman. And she was also, which it might've been the first time, she didn't just like assume that I needed like my privacy. She was like, do you want me to pull the curtain or do you not care? And I was, cause I think she could tell that so I was like unbuttoning my pants. Yeah. I was like, I don't care, whatever. I was, and so I just like took off my bottoms. She took a look and uh, she confirmed that it was indeed just a couple cute little weren't. Words. Words. You tiny little words. <laughs> That's what words sound like when they talk, really. <laughs> right? We live here now. We're words. Uh, so what they do in this case typically is they freeze them off, which, mm, 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 mm. Uh, which I've had done once or twice before. Probably yeah, I had, the, I had the freeze treatment. Like eight or nine years ago, I think I've, I had that done, um, which... At that time, it did fuck me up a little bit. And, uh, and you know, she was very like, this might hurt a little bit. And like, honestly, I didn't find it all that much of a big deal. But yeah. I, I am very, um, oh, and then so she told me, uh, she didn't name any names, but I was being very like upfront and and casual about the whole experience. I was like, oh, it doesn't really hurt, whatever. I'm glad I know my body well enough to know that there was something going on that I needed to go to the doctor, taken care of. I got tested for chlamydia, gonorrhea, and HIV too, because like, why not? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just, it felt easy and responsible. And I'm, it might be one of the first times in recent memory that I just really was just like, eh. Yeah. The human body, what a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> like, but then I, so then she was telling me while she was freezing warts off of my genitals <laughs> um, that she had another patient, didn't name any names or broach any sort of confidentiality, but a woman who is 30 years and had waited until she was 30 to have sex. She was really scared of STIs and that was kind of part of her apprehension uh, she got the HPV vaccination and then like first time she had sex, she got HPV and started to have warts. Mm -hmm. uh, and now is sort of like so traumatized from that experience that she like can't like the warts won't go away because it's like a mind body thing yeah. of just like I'm so stressed out because these things are triggered by stress and how we feel about them. And it's um, kind of like autoimmune disorders where it's your own body attacking itself. And totally. Very often stress and anxiety can enhance those reactions. Exactly. So I just thinking about that and where I have been with my relationship to these things, uh, I was driving home from the doctor and I was like, I want to talk about this. Yeah. Like this is important. And, uh, for me personally, I really could have used an older me <laughs> talking to a younger me to be like, it's cool. Like yeah. you're still allowed to like feel good about yourself and have sex with people, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it was really hard yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Um, what was your experience like? Well, I'm just, or where are you at after hearing me talk about warts being frozen off of my vagina that, um, you just 
had intercourse with the other day. Yeah, no. Well, I genuinely feel bad that you texted me to say, I just got a, a wart frozen off me or a couple wart, whatever your text was with that emoji face of like <gasps> my favorite emoji <laughs> yeah. that is my life uh the broad Just it's not a grin it's like horizontal the teeth, teeth like, yeah uh. <laughs> yeah um and i i read it and i was like oh i hope she in my head i was i was multitasking i was doing a few things and i was like oh i hope she's okay that that sucks but to me honestly no big deal because yeah. uh we have been, been there done that sex partners for uh eight eight minutes now we're on this pot no eight years now <laughs> eight um, plus and i didn't text back and i wish i did to verbalize those things i was thinking but totally not a big deal because i've been there uh i luckily i had an outbreak of hpv when i was uh gosh it must have been 2005 2006 2007 somewhere in there and uh yeah i had i had i did i had a couple treatments some was burning, some was freezing. But wait, then, are you sure it was burning as opposed to freezing? Because I think that's the same thing. Like, uh, I don't think anything's getting burnt off. No, it's I think being, there, was, there was a laser situation, I think. I think. Right. But this is such a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and then that doctor was basically like, yeah, once your symptoms go away, like sometimes it just disappears altogether, mm-hmm. but you, you should tell sex partners about it. Um, then, and this oh, was in the there early also, aughts too where it was like tell people like not everybody was like acknowledging that literally like more than half of the population has yeah, HPV <laughs> yeah but my worst the most traumatic memory I have from it is I was there was one time I had a some kind of like cream treatment it was like these tiny little envelopes of a cream that you'd put on the individual spots uh and but you weren't supposed to overuse it because it would cause flu-like symptoms. Like your body would absorb this shit, and I didn't r- understand that fully the first time I did it. And I was on a shoot for like a show. I was like working out in Las Vegas or something, and I put all this stuff on my body, and it absorbed itself, and I ended up just so so sick, and uh, you know, like full-on flu symptoms, and. You know, like that thing of like having to, you know, I didn't go into detail with my boss, like why I was sick, but like having to like deal with that uh, was so, it was just like, how is this my life? I'm only, (laughs) I'm only 20, God, I think I was 25 at the time. Uh, And it just, you just feel like an alien. Mm -hmm. I felt like, oh my God, how can I ever tell anybody about this? Um I yeah so I, I probably didn't properly communicate to mm-hmm. all of my sex partners about it um luckily I always was a condom person uh you know and this is really I'm ashamed to admit this but I think a lot of times my my policy like back then was like well if they're not gonna ask I'm not gonna tell mm-hmm. them or if they're not gonna tell me I'm not you know like so, which is all, of course, much different now, um, which I guess we should just talk about, which is you and I do have multiple sex partners. Oh, shit. We are currently. coming out and I didn't even know it. <laughs> I mean, I guess we should just talk about it in that. <laughs> this I feel is a like, big episode, people. Big, 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 big. <laughs> I feel like. 
I feel like we should. I should at least acknowledge uh, that now, as a 38 year old man, when I meet someone new that I'm going to have potentially have sex with, I I do very plainly say like, you should know I have herpes. I have HPV. Uh, this is how. Like right now, I you know this is this is my situation right now. This is how I uh, protect myself. Um, just letting you know that's the information. Uh, so there is risk essentially. And um, wow. So wow, wow, wow. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a mic drop moment, but the point is that uh, honesty is the best policy, and uh, more often than not. People like either have the same things or they don't care or whatever. Or they do. And you're like, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Which is fine. Like that. Yeah. 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 I support all that. Um, So basically just to like flesh it out a little bit. um, What Patrick is telling the audience is that we are <laughs> i want to say swingers but we're not but it just sounds fun to be like we're swingers baby we are from 1971 <laughs> uh we have uh green shag carpeting throughout our apartment <laughs> that wall is very swingers party we have a lot of velvet artwork Ooh, uh, black light thank you and like tons of african sculpture <laughs> That the reason macrame hanging plants and African sculpture. The reason I paint that picture is because of a Caitlin McKee bit she has about having, I think an ant or somebody or some character who's got like an over overly sexual like living space of some kind. I forget what Uh the bit is, but that was always something I remembered her talking about on stage, thinking that was hilarious. Like, well, because it's very like. like hippie academics, right? That yeah. have like traveled the world and they've picked up these things in the travels. Well, yeah, and you like knock on their door and she comes like the woman like sashays to the door and opens. She's wearing like a kimono in the middle of the day. <laughs> yes. and there's children around and it's like, why is she so sexy in front of the, this family? You know? Uh, um. So yeah, we have an open marriage where we see other people. And we've been doing that for, what, like a year and a half? I think so. Almost two years, actually. Coming up. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, honey, to when we stopped just sleeping with each other. And we started getting real. (laughs) But I'm glad that you brought it up because I do feel like it's a part of this story and our relationship to how we feel about it currently. Yeah, and like, as you know, I'm... This has been one of the main elements I've been very uncomfortable talking about publicly on here, but uh, the con- I just I think in the context of an STI conversation, I don't want people to be like, well, they they're lucky they have the same STIs, they're right. together, they're committed, they only have sex with each other, so who cares? But uh, that's not the case, and uh, there is a lot of communication that goes on. Um, You're talking to a couple of fucking ho bags, okay? <laughs> Um, and yeah, like I, I shared with you actually recently that, uh, I met a woman on Tinder and we were sort of sexting slash texting slash feeling each other out. And I 
you know, when it got to the point where, you know, we were trying to decide if we were going to actually meet or not, I, I said to her, um, uh, that here's, here's something you need to know, you know? And I, I, I wrote out, uh, you know, that I have herpes and, uh, I haven't, I mean, here's, here's the thing we can get into. I guess we, I can say what I said to her and then we can unpack it a little bit. I said, I haven't had, uh, symptoms in, I think it's been like six or seven years since I've had any real manifestation Mm -hmm. of it. Um, because it's very con. So I said that I don't have symptoms. I do take a medication that suppresses the virus. For herpes, not HPV. Correct. Well, both. Uh, I haven't had symptoms. Yeah, but you don't take a medication for HPV. Right. Just to, you know, be as clear as possible. I actually started a course of the vaccine for HPV because my doctor said, yeah, they say it's only for teens, but it could actually help you. But now I just opened a letter in the mail from the insurance company saying they won't cover that vaccine because... They're like, fuck you, old man. You're too old. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I sent this woman this message and I said that information uh, uh, so that if you did want to play or whatever, uh, there would be risk involved. Uh you know, my wife and I, um, we have a, a limit that we always use protection with other partners, which you would think is a no, no brainer, but you know, we have to kind of spell that out. Um, and just to be clear, play is just a word we use in the lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> she's got her kimono on everybody. I mean, you she's, know, I love a kimono. She's, uh, she's smoking a, um, what is that? What are those? Benson and Hedges? No. Yeah. (laughs) Those cigarettes that smell... A clove. She's smoking a clove. I hate a clove. Uh, So anyway, I... uh, And I've I've given that mini speech several times now, and and, uh, it's always nice that people appreciate the upfrontness. Uh, Because here's something I'll admit to, too, and this feels shitty. I was seeing a girl uh, last year, and... um, Thing, oh, yeah. Things happened more quickly than I expected. Actually, it was my first real, uh, air quotes, girlfriend uh, after you and I really started going for it, I guess. Ooh, we go for it. And things happened more quickly than I expected. And I um, I dropped the ball on communicating my health issues. and uh, and But I had this confidence slash denial that like, well, I... I can't be transmitting it because I haven't had these symptoms in a while. Like I just convinced myself it was okay. Long story short, I was so, I had so much anxiety and guilt about not telling her that when I finally did tell her, cause this was sort of a long-term thing. Uh, she was like, Oh my God, I feel the same exact way. Cause I have the same exact thing. And it kind of worked. It, it was lucky that it worked it itself. Very out lucky in that way. <laughs> but also um, the fact that you both had this like shame about shame, it yeah. that you just couldn't fucking share it with each other. So like you guys both could have just been like, Oh, thank God. What a relief. And instead it was like weeks for both of you just yeah. feeling bad that you hadn't shared it with each other. Yeah. It was so stupid. And then we had a threesome with her. So it's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did I just throw you off? No, I'm just, I guess I'm just slightly worried about like which information we share and how it connects. And like if somebody, I mean, nobody's like cares about us that much no. that they're going to try to figure any of this out. No. All right, whatever. But uh, I do, I do want to say that this does have the potential to be a two part episode <laughs> where it's like SDIs and I identify as polyamorous. I don't know if that's a word. 
I know sometimes you have been like, I don't really identify with that word. That's the word I choose to use when I talk about Mm -hmm. what we're doing. Um, But I feel like this is, I feel like this is a two-parter. I feel like there's just a lot, we're throwing a lot of information at people. I mean, it's a real can of worms we've opened up Yeah, unexpected. Uh, Well, let's, let's. I think we just keep talking about STIs on this one. Yes, I agree. Uh, so, so what I'm getting at with this nowadays, uh, this sort of disclaimer, this like full on, full honesty with the person right away has turned out to be the best policy because uh, people really appreciate the transparency and the upfrontness um, so much so that this person, this last person I discussed it with texted me out of the blue, like, cause things cooled off. I never did meet her and whatever. Uh, I'm sort of not really dating a whole lot at the moment. Um, but, but that's a whole other thing maybe for this next episode. Uh, point is she texted me out of the blue when she felt something down there and she didn't know what to do. And she like, it made me feel good that she was like, you're literally the only person that's ever told me about this. Which is Uh, fucking crazy. Yeah. Because the statistics are Crazy. Like most people have these things. Uh, like this stranger who she never met and only texted with. She was like, I literally have no one else I can talk to. It's like, yeah. that is so fucked up. In full on panic mode. Yeah. Um, and so I just said things we've already said here on this episode, which is like, don't panic. Go see your doctor. Usually it's not what that is. And if it is, it's not the end of the world. Like you will have a long and fulfilling sex life, even totally. with it, if you do have it. Turns out she claims, uh, I don't know why I said claims. She said, uh, <laughs> this bitch claims <laughs> she's like uh, a few days later. I, I checked in with her and she was like, um, actually, uh, turns out I just need to change the brand of, uh, laundry detergent. I use, <laughs> you, so, see? you sometimes, see, you know, these are sensitive areas, you know? That that skin down there well, is just so sensitive. And, and as women, glands. as Female-bodied people, uh, we are just open for business, for things to get in there, infections, yeah. irritation. It's like, like a fly trap. It's got like... Oh, you got to make sure that your pH is right. Like, so that was one... It's like dropping a glazed donut on the floor, you know? It just picks <laughs> everything up. It fucking is, man. With us, it's a piece of cardboard So shoe I- leather. <laughs> Are you trying to say that we're like shoe? We're no, so used. Dicks. Oh, dicks. Dicks yeah, yeah, are yeah. like shoe leather. You could drop it on the ground. It's not gonna like everything's not gonna stick to it. Yeah, like I. So then afterwards, my gyno. Like I'm just whatever. I'm putting it out there. Like so, I I went to my general practitioner today, who is a woman. And I can like talk about all this stuff with, and she could handle this. But I also go to the gynecologist to potentially like we're gonna maybe get pregnant, and like we're talking about that and blah blah blah, and. They called me after doing a pap smear and they were like, oh, this is another thing with HPV. This is going to be all over the fucking place. Uh, my pap smears did not show. They showed up as negative to HPV for like several years. And mm. I was diagnosed with HPV, had precancerous cells, which is very common for women in their 20s that got diagnosed with it. I had to have this shitty procedure that sucked uh, to to just scrape those cells off of my fucking cervix MBD, um, which was its own traumatizing experience. Uh, but for several years after that, I just, it was, it just wasn't there anymore. And I was like, cool, great. 
Then this pap smear, like a few months ago, they were like, by the way, the HPV is back. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. And they were like, and we think you might have vaginitis. I was like, all right. That sounds like a made up one. Uh, Which is like, it's basically like the flora of my vagina. Like you have intestinal flora, uh-huh. which is like, if your stomach is upset, like that's why I take probiotics. That's like for intestinal flora. So you have the right balance of bacteria in your stomach. The same is true for your vagina. There's an ecosystem. You need to have the right balance of bacteria in your vagina. So vaginitis is when that is out of balance and there are symptoms that can take place like smell and discharge. Mm. Ooh, people. Did you know what you were signing up for with this? I mean, I, I didn't know. Like, I, I have heard that men can get yeast infections. Yes. In their. I've heard that also. Is it in the tubing, in the urethra? <laughs> the tubing. Or is, it, or is it just if you let the outer areas get too funky? That just made me think of that office episode where he was trying, last night that we watched, where he was trying to build a tube down in the office for hamsters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the tubing. Um. So... Anyway, I was talking to her about that and it's not that serious. The vaginitis thing, like she was basically like, take this probiotic that is specifically for vaginal flora to like, just help you balance out some things. Yeah. Cause it, it sounds like you don't really have the symptoms. So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so this is the thing. Our bodies are just fucking weird meat sacks. Yeah. And like, we all just have things going on yeah. and what gets us into trouble is the shame we feel about not talking about these things, Yeah, you know? And, uh, I don't know. It just all feels so connected to me with like, people don't talk about money. People don't talk about sex. Like these taboo things. Of course there are people that do. I tend to go towards people like that. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, let's fucking talk about it. Uh, cause that allows us to connect with one another and like, empower ourselves and so the shame that is around these things that is it's just oppression it's just like to oppress us so that we feel small and shameful and like we're not in charge of ourselves and like acknowledging ourselves as fucking human like we're just human our bodies do things yeah you know so anyway um without going too deep into wherever the fuck i was headed uh, I experienced a lot of shame mm. when I was diagnosed with herpes. Uh, the HPV, honestly, I didn't even fucking care about because I had, like, had such trauma about herpes, and that is what I contracted first. Um, I don't even know. Like, I didn't even have symptoms of HPV. It was just, like, another thing that they were like, oh, by the way, did you know you had this? I was mm. like, great, who fucking cares? Add it to the pile. Yeah, because that's another mind fuck of the whole thing, too, is, like, rarely when you test for something, are they even testing that the thing is there? They're testing to see... They're testing for antibodies in your body that fight that thing. So it's, like, this whole... The language they use is confusing, and well, it's, like... Also- it's just full on mind fuckery. Like you're like, well, what does that mean? And is this, and will it go away? And it's, there's like a lot of vague information because yes. they don't know everything about all this they stuff. They don't know either. a lot about this stuff. I mean, literally my doctor today, cause I was like, should my other partner get tested? Like what's the deal? Blah, blah, blah. And they were like, 
and this is the this is the information I have received from multiple medical professionals about herpes and HPV. It's like unless you have symptoms, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. Like people really don't do blood tests for it anymore. It's really about like a swab if you have a wart or a sore basically. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, that's mm -hmm. probably what it is. Let's like test to make sure. But otherwise it's like they can't fucking test for it. And it seems like, and this is, you know, my, my spin on the matter that they don't really want to waste their time because it's not going to kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like we've got bigger things to deal with. We're kind of working on pancreatic cancer yeah. today, not HPV, you dork. I mean, I, cause I used to go to, the LGBTQ clinic, Callan Lord, for many years. And they're dealing with like all sorts of things on a much more intense level. And they're just, and I've heard like Dan Savage say this on the Savage Love podcast too, that it's like uh, the, um, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not mania, but the hysteria mm. of, it's straight hysteria around herpes. Yeah. Herpes and HPV, I think. But herpes is like, you know, it's that tale as old as time. It's like, you're going to have it forever. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. my God, you know? And like, you're going to have a lot of things forever. You've had allergies almost your whole life. Yeah. Like that fucking sucks. That sucks way more than I herpes actually, does, doesn't I would, it? I would prefer some kind of minor herpes outbreak <laughs> exactly. than the allergies. Exactly. Like al allergies are just face herpes. And, ugh, ugh. Nasal herpes. <laughs> Way more discharge. Way more discharge. Yes. Um, so anyway, uh, I because yeah, you were young. I was young. I was uh, twenty two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was. I had lived in New York for, I don't know, maybe five or six months, um, and I believe I got it from someone that I was dating and sleeping with unprotected. Uh, but we were not monogamous I was but he was not mm -hmm. um but he had no symptoms of it and he was told he didn't have it yeah uh so it's like one of those it's just one of those fucking things yeah um and you know my health insurance was like through my parents so I was like trying to see doctors here for it and like I didn't even know and also with herpes, like the first outbreak is usually can be really painful and you yeah. can feel sick and everything like, like the flu. Um, and I didn't, I'd never had a yeast infection before anything. And so I was still like pretty ignorant about my body. Like I'd done four years of like feminist theory studies and like gotten all queer and everything in college, but I still did not know a lot about my body and I was drinking a lot and sleeping with this person who you know, I should have walked away from like a long time ago, but I like kept sleeping with him and my self-esteem was just like in the fucking bucket, you know, and toilet, maybe shit bucket. <laughs> no, it was in the self-esteem bucket. It was in the self-esteem. You, you just had a very small bucket. Yeah. Oh, it was so small. It was a teeny tiny and filled with fucking shit water. <laughs> um, and so there was just like all of these things pushed together to just make it the most horrible experience new to New York city. Yeah. Like it was just Ugh. a perfect storm of just like, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And, um, my body really hurt. My vagina really hurt and mm -hmm. I didn't know it was wrong. And I went to 
the emergency room by myself in Park Slope. And they were like, um, honey. And I had to like wait in the emergency room for like three hours or something. Mm. Just so uncomfortable sitting in the seat. <laughs> and the woman like took one look at me and she was like, oh, you have herpes. And I was like, and it didn't even occur to me that that's what it was. Oh, like yeah. I had no idea. And then I was just like shell shocked. And then I think because it looked bad because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And that usually is bad the first time. Um, she started testing me for all these other things. And I'm just like by myself like upset, don't even know really what's happening. She like, I got a shot in my ass. I think it was for chlamydia. She was just like, let's just make sure that you don't have a bunch of things. So it was just like, I was getting blood drawn. And I got a shot in my ass and like, I just found out I have this thing and she's giving me medication. And I was just like, what? Like, mm. I don't get it. <laughs> um, And then it was like really painful for like a week. Uh, I had to like leave work early, like, it sucked. It yeah. really sucked. And then to like be with this person who I think I had gotten it from, who was like keeping things from me and it was just a shit show. And, uh, I s continued to sleep with that person for a full, like six to eight more months. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then started dating somebody that I ended up dating for like three years. Um, but like he was the next person I, had to like come out to he was the first person I actually had to like tell after yeah. being diagnosed with it and I slept with him before I told him I did use a condom mind you this is all taking place during my very heavy drinking days so there was like no sober sex happening yeah. ever and then I was like oh my god I really like this guy I have to tell him and uh he disappeared for like four days yeah. and was like really angry with me, I guess. And, yeah. um, then he eventually came back and we had like a long conversation and, but it was like just the fucking shame yeah. of like, and then it being reinforced by how people react. So then you're like, well, I don't want to tell people, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and it's like how, you know, I came at it being just so like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I didn't tell you. I'm like, you're a terrible person. Yeah. Like that you're this fucking disgusting hoe bag that like yeah. has this thing. And how, you know, how dare you like bring it into somebody else's life. And then this person disappears. It's just like, it is terrible. I can't believe I did this. And there was just so much of that. Yeah. Going on for so long. And I, we actually used condoms our whole relationship because he was like scared of getting it. Yeah. Um, and you know, it like from there it continued where I would like tell people and sometimes they would be cool. Other times they wouldn't. Sometimes they would be cool at first and then they decide they were freaking out. I've had ex-boyfriends use it against me later to decide that they were like, you know what? I am freaked out about this thing and I don't really want to be with you anymore. Mm. Um, I've had people that are, like are not being responsible sex partners that are just like, I, well, I'm not going to have sex with you because like, I don't want the risk. Meanwhile, they're like engaging in risky behavior, like all over the place. Um, but I always, I've definitely have slept with people and not told them, but for the most part I have told people. Um, but it does kind of become like a personal choice too, like about uh, how protected you are, what you think your risk is. Do you want to have that conversation? 
you know, you and I have both kind of landed on the like, we feel like we want to share it with people, but um, I also understand why people don't because it's like really hard and stigmatized, which is why we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Full circle. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, I feel like we're really putting ourselves out here. So I'm just which, I'm just acknowledging the discomfort of that. Well, uh, which, which I don't have a whole lot to say about. But uh, but which I like thrive in a putting yourself out there <laughs> environment. Well, I do, too. Like on stage in a room of like. 20 to well like like five between five and like a few hundred people i have i have shared like very intimate details of like my sex life sure uh i make jokes about having hpv i've never joked about herpes Uh, that's an interesting line to Mm. explore like what is it about the the um stigma of herpes that i don't want to go there about um, I was telling you one of my favorite comedians talks about it openly on his podcast and I think it's just so cool because I actually wonder how many of the uh, the the dude bros that listen to their mm-hmm. podcast um, need to hear somebody just talk about it mm-hmm. plainly. Um, so that's inspiring. Uh, and I don't know that there's funny material to be made about herpes. Uh, people at a nightclub might not want to think about their bodies in that way. So I don't know that I'll ever go down that road comedically but um but don't worry he's bringing those hpv bits hard hit well i have a one-liner <laughs> about it that i know i, I know. don't even do that much anymore he's not gonna give you the herpes material but he is gonna come in hot with the hpv material so don't uh, worry okay jacob williams has one of the best hpv uh jokes i've ever heard um he said uh, uh i accidentally watched a movie about hpv recently because I thought HPV stood for Harry Potter five. <laughs> and he's like, I, yeah, he, he's like, I figured it out around two hours in. <laughs> he's like, I thought it was weird. I did th- think it was weird that they were calling him ho- Hogwarts. <laughs> uh, his delivery and his specific wording is much more funny, but, uh, that's funny. I like that. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, there's a number of stories that I could share, but I guess, I guess I just, I feel more empowered, like self-esteem wise and sexually than I probably ever have in my entire life. Yeah. And I just really want to like give that back to younger people specifically because this is who I feel the most connected to are like young women, you know, like there is a, um, epidemic of low Mm self-esteem and that is connected to a lot of this stuff. And, uh, obviously all of us can suffer from it, but I guess I'm just speaking specifically to this group because that's what the most identify with and like how I see myself, you know? And, um, I, it just breaks my fucking heart that we can't like own our shit and like not be ashamed of the experiences that we've had and like what has made us the person that we are and that like we deserve good sex and good relationships and healthy boundaries and like those things are not unfair to ask. Yeah. You know? 
And also that just like the very basic ideas of like sex is good. Yes. Sex is you healthy. You deserve to orgasm. <laughs> There's a, and and it's it's also okay to not have any sex. Yeah, like yeah, it's okay completely. To, it's okay to um just discuss openly whatever uh where where when and where appropriate like what you want out of your life sexually and like yeah so much of my uh relationship to sex throughout my life since childhood uh was sort of based around um you know like shame and secrecy mm-hmm. and uh you know uh Yes. So it's insidious, you know, and and it's like comes from all levels, like societal, familial, educational, like whatever your religious. Yeah. Religion. Um, Don't forget about religion. So <laughs> um, and, you know, another I'm glad that you brought up the open thing, because I was also saying to you earlier today before I even brought up the STI stuff that, you know, this is World Pride Month mm-hmm. and it's uh, the uh, 50 year reunion of the Stonewall riots mm-hmm. uh, here in New York City in the West Village. And, um, you know, it does feel like a coming out of sorts. And, um, you know, I identify as queer and that's like a label that it's taken me a long time to claim and, and I still sometimes feel like I'm faking. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't deserve to claim that. Um, Oh, you're a big old queer. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it with mine own eyes. You saw it with your own two eyes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she is enjoying that too much. She mm-hmm. is a big old queer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not for me. I can tell. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like the spectrum is big and and vague and there's like some beauty in the the vagueness and the grayness, I think. Um, but it's like still such a new thing that like we're all sort of identifying on a on a spectrum in some ways. And um, we just thought well, it's our, not our song. <laughs> There's a song we keep hearing drive by in our neighborhood that we want to figure out what it is, but we can't find it's, it. It's uh, what, what, what's that style of music called? It's reggaeton. Lat- it's kind Latin of? music, yeah. It's I don't kind know of if reggaeton. reggaeton, or could be bachata. But it's like, <laughs> listen to this horrible impersonation. It's just like that over and over again with somebody like rapping in Spanish. But it's makes me feel so good when I hear it. Yeah, and we're, every time we're like. <gasps> Is that yeah. it? Anyway, um, so it does feel important to, and I think like sex positivity and um, talking about a healthy sex life and being safe and protected and talking to your partners and having multiple partners, like this is all a part of pride. Like it's not that pride necessarily has to be always identified with sex, like as an act, but that it is about like just being a more open person. Yeah. And uh and yeah, like owning who you are, being proud of who you are. Yeah. Being proud of what you desire. What- and I am, okay? So fucking She's here, she's queer. Get fucking used get to it. Get fucking used okay. to it. Patrick married a big old queer witch. Fucking slut. <laughs> <laughs> um 
it feels great to really put that out there, honey. And I think, yeah. and I hope that um, sharing that with all you listeners, um, hopefully we have some, my God, <laughs> that uh, you'll feel connected to us and you won't feel alone if these are things that you have questions about and you're struggling with. Like we really are opening the door because for us, um, identification has been a really powerful tool to feel good about ourselves and feel empowered and not feel alone with like whatever it is, whether it's like drugs and alcohol you or mean identification, like being able to identify with another yes, person. Yeah. Like hear another person's story and be like, Oh, I thought I was the only person that was like having those thoughts or struggling with this thing. And, um, that is what really saved both of our lives in the, the, alcohol. Did that, you the, know, the drinking program, the program. Um, but I think through that, we've both experienced that, like by being more open people and sharing stuff about ourselves, we, and we try to be good listeners that we open a door for other people to feel like they can come in and share things with us, you it's know, path to healing. We here at the who cares podcast are creating a, Path to healing. Yeah. Welcome to the path to healing. What are you podcast. looking at on your phone over there? I'm just zoning out. I'm not zoning. I'm listening to you. <laughs> I'm zoning you out. I'm, I'm like, I'm like stress zoning a little bit. Oh. That's all. I'm oh. okay. I'm okay. All right. But this just feels, uh, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, a Whereas thing, I've like never been better. Like thing, I'm just like, this is it. This is it. And I keep returning. I have to like pep talk myself. Um, like I give us one of your pep talks. Like I, I, you know, I perform all this material on stage in front of live audiences who are not recording or broadcasting these this personal information. Mm -hmm. And I get big laughs out of this material that I've developed about my own sexual proclivities and interests, and uh, you know, these outside relationships and managing relationships and marriage etc and i feel safe doing that in comedy rooms but once it's on a podcast it just feels like oh god like what is what is it going to be like if my mom hears this or or you know whoever yeah and it so doesn't matter and i i know that in my heart i know that but i'm i've just i've always been a person obsessed with what people think of me mm -hmm. so it just feels very vulnerable um i also I have a couple specific, like I also, you know, my bread and butter as a performer right now is performing for colleges about mm -hmm. addiction and alcoholism in a comedic way. And I'm proud of that work. But part of me is also like talking about this publicly. Does that turn people off to me in what I can offer in that department? You mm -hmm. know, and it's like, of course, you know, I want to be a person that can say, well, I want to just be an artist and express myself however I want, whenever I want, because that's my truth. Uh, but I, I do think about I do think about uh, what what potential customers could think. Sure. about. Me. And so the pep talk I give myself um, that doesn't apply to that one so much, but more <laughs> with the family one, uh, family, friends or whatever is like I'm 38 and. Uh, which to me feels like almost 40 and yes. 40 to me means adult male. Like I am an adult, <laughs> like 
I'm responsible for me. I am an adult. I don't male. answer to anybody else. There's nobody has authority well, over me. I can live my life pretty much however I want. Uh, so like while respecting your primary partner, why the you so fuck much. do I care what my mom thinks or my dad thinks, you know, cause it's so. scary, you know, it is, but, and I get that and I hear you and I see you because here mm-hmm. at the who cares podcast, we're doing a path to healing. It's a path to healing. We'll also be at the Kripalu center in the Berkshires coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we won't, but maybe vision board. <laughs> Yeah. We were doing paths to healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God, can you imagine? Then I'm really busting out the kimono. Like we are just those fucking creeps. Suddenly you have a goddamn ponytail. The chest hair is out and mm-hmm. we are everything I don't want to be when it comes to like open couples. Yeah. <laughs> Sexually open couples wearing like kimonos, caftans and letting, you know, ponytails I feel like, grow. I also feel like we are we're like like it's everybody's doing this now so or many people it's true it is far less taboo certainly here in new york city so every hang up i have about talking about it i'm like well who cares uh also like i feel like with family there's certain family that I, i remember sharing about my drinking problem and things like that and then they would share things about their their past uh and uh, man, I wish I could share the specifics of this one thing, but I just remember being on this long drive with, uh, with some, some family members of my parents' generation. And they just like started sharing with me all these like crazy stories of, from when they were young and it's yeah. like, everybody's young. So God knows who my aunts and uncles are all banging or currently are banging who are who not knows? their husbands. And it's not my business. And I hope they are having the sex lives that they would like to be having. Uh, and but I just I guess at the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day. I just don't want to be judged uh, for my life or be I don't want people to worry about us because like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, maybe that's something we should share. Like we do go to couples therapy every mm-hmm. two weeks to mm-hmm. like stay current and stay clear yes. with our relationship. We are primary partners to each other. We yes. do want to have a child. Yes, we do have a dog child now. Yes. Peggy, uh, did you know that your parents are a couple of fucking sluts? She so, doesn't care. She's passed out. Because some people I think might think like, oh, well, they are obviously, you know, headed toward not being married anymore. A disaster. But we very much love being married and we would like to be married forever and get old together and all that good yeah. stuff. Uh, so don't worry about us. I guess maybe that's maybe that's the source of my anxiety. Is yeah, well, people- because I think I do think that a lot of people know couples. This is what I've come up against a lot when I've shared with people that we are open is like there's that assumption that maybe things were bad and that's and this is like a last ditch effort. I think this is a last ditch effort for people a lot to where keep their own thing going. Yeah, that like let's stay together, but like let's see if this other thing works. A lot of people and I'm speaking in generalizations, but I've also heard a lot of you know, failed relationships because it was a don't ask, don't tell situation where it was like people are, they've decided to keep these things uh, from each other intentionally. Um, But that can stir the pot even if you've made a decision to do that. Yeah. Um, So we are living probably the most rigorously honest relationship than we've, that we've ever (laughs) 
<laughs> There's an insane amount of transparency. Yes. Um, to, it doesn't seem insane to us anymore, but I think from the outside, it seems yeah. pretty crazy to people. Yeah. And maybe we can get into the details of all that one day. I don't know about that, but we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll um, see. But yeah, don't worry about us. Like, and honestly, we well in like well before we got married we would share like in this sort of esoteric way that we're like i mean what do you think about monogamy like do yeah. you want to be just like us forever mm-hmm. and so i feel like we were tiptoeing around it for many years in this like not like we were having that conversation all the time but we definitely had that conversation multiple times yeah. before we, this ever happened we both were kind of doing our own separate personal research yeah you, you revealed to me uh, that you had a book that you were kind of quietly reading mating in ca- mating in captivity great read mating mating i thought you said i thought you were saying meeting in captivity no. but like in a southern act mating captivity mating in captivity by Esther perel um well we'll get into you know we can now that we're opening this door we can kind of maybe we can get some experts in here to yeah. chat with us about this stuff um, you That's know, where we're headed, people. There's other, you know, polyamorous couples out there that I we, we would love to talk mm-hmm. more with. Um, but for now, we we should go. Uh, I think we I think I think we hit some good points here. Yeah, that it's I guess- just a body. It's just sex. There's going to be imperfections all over, and there's going to be alternative ways of doing all these things. Well, and I will say. Um, the last kind of important point I wanted to make about the STI thing and like really what has changed for me when we first decided to open up, I was really angry that I had to tell people this stuff again. Like I did not want to fucking deal with it. I thought it was bullshit. Like this is a stigma. Why do I have to deal with this? You know, I mean, you remember I was like really mm-hmm. angry and then I just kind of flipped the script and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell people because I'm so sick of the stigma that like, this is my way of trying to destigmatize it. Like I'm taking a stand that I like, I don't think it's a big deal. It's up to you whether you think it's a big deal. I'm cool with it. I'm not going to over, like I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm just going to be like, these are the facts. Take them or leave them. Yeah. Whatever, you know? And that, that has been really empowering. And so I just encourage people to just know that like they're human and we're all flawed and everybody's keeping something from each other. And the more we're open, I think the more less people will be hurt and more people will feel more comfortable. Love it. Is that helpful? Yeah, totally. Path to healing. Welcome to Kripalu. (laughs) Find your place on the map. We're going to start in a child's pose. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and uh, catch us next week on another episode. Woo! Buckle up, babies. <laughs> Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bing, 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 bing.